Welcome back to Fly Purgly. I am your host, Steve Jaco, here to talk to you about, I guess, the Flyers and stuff, but we're going to get into it, and before we do, I just wanted to talk about just the awful state of the world right now. I know we have mentioned through episodes over the past couple years how bad the world is, but we've got another just couple terrible situations I wanted to mention. I don't want to talk about it too much, but I think I'd be remiss to not mention the major events going on in the world, specifically the Russian invasion of Ukraine right now. You know, we're really fortunate to be able to do our silly show talking about hockey and Guy Fieri and John Taffer and a bunch of bullshit instead of hiding in a bunker from bombs. You know, like we're very fortunate people in that regard. And I am a lucky guy and just a terrible situation going on. And I just wanted to say that, you know, my heart goes out to Ukraine and, everybody dealing with the, that invasion right now and just you know my heart goes out to them and uh, hopefully this situation can be resolved without much further bloodshed but it's not looking great in that regard and then we've got the situation in texas with the transgender children and everything going on there and and there's still a pandemic so there's just so much awful stuff going on in this world and we're going to talk about hockey, and we're going to talk about Guy Fieri, and we're going to talk about a bunch of silly stuff, but I wanted to acknowledge this stuff was going on, and I, I think about this stuff, and it's depressing, and we're going to try to talk about some lighthearted stuff, okay? And whew, what a world it is, but I just wanted to briefly acknowledge this stuff. So stay safe out there, be kind to each other, stay strong. And I yep, guess well, let's flip it well up. Said. Um, yeah, sorry to cut you off there hey everybody um yeah i mean a lot of bad shit going on if you can help people that need it any way you can whether it's you know any sort of support do that um you know we're just you know, we'll do what we can here as we try and talk about nonsense for the next however many minutes but yeah i mean you know just look out for people see if you know someone who needs help in this time reach out to them um yeah you know the world world's a rough place for a lot of people. Like, like Steve said, we're very fortunate to just be able to sit here and bullshit for a while. And, you know, but this, this is heavy on all our minds right now, guys. And, um, you know, we appreciate you for being here. Um, whether it's meant as a distraction or whatever, you know, whatever purpose we serve for you here. Uh, we're glad we can do that. And yeah, again, just look out for the people around you. Look out for the people who need help right now. We won't spend a whole lot more time on this because, you know, a lot of, as you guess, a lot of complex dynamics here, but we know shitty when we see shitty, and this is all shitty. So that's a great um, way to put it. Yep. Yep. We know shitty uh, when we see shitty. Yep. So, um, our terrible hockey team, the Philadelphia Flyers. How about them? <laughs> yeah, I guess you know I was putting together the outline today, and it's funny because we haven't done a traditional flight in a few weeks. I think it's been almost a month since we've done a traditional one because we did a couple green room episodes, which were a lot of fun. It was great hearing from listeners and and having that live call in show feel. And then I took a week off and then hell broke out. And it's 
It's been an interesting month, but it's good to get back to it. And it's not good to talk about our hockey team. And it's just, there's, there's just so tough to watch. And Kurt, we were talking just before the show about like, it just, it's, some of these losses are, it's, I called it lazy writing on Twitter. Just these <laughs> late game losses, these games that they should be winning. It's just, oh my God. Yeah. Um, the stat that Jim Jackson had, I believe it was on Tuesday night's game, which as of our recording here on Thursday, is the last game they played, is that in 13 of the Flyers' last 21 games, they have lost by one goal if you remove like scores that occurred on empty nets. So like they are playing close games. They are just losing all of them, like basically all of them. And it's what happens when you have a team that goes from being like a team that is not talented enough and is just like a mess structurally and mentally to a team that's starting to get the structure and mental side of it back, but also is just not good enough. Like we know this. And you're seeing it, and it's why they keep losing a bunch of close games. Like, you know, they've hung with some good teams. They hung with Carolina. They hung with Pittsburgh. They hung with St. Louis. Um, they blew it against Washington, but they were leading that, like, in, you know, late in that game. They're making they're making it interesting. They're just, you know, losing. And honestly, if you, like, in the long-term, from the perspective of long-term health, this might be the best thing they could do is lose mildly entertaining close games such that they're going to get a good draft pick, but we don't utterly hate watching them every time we have to. Right. I want at least some entertainment. I mean, I, I always feel for Bill Matz who has to go through these post games and go, how does he do it? How does he watch this team closely every night and then talk about it for hours? It's like, it's unbelievable. Bill, the guy by the, the end of work. this season and, you know, factoring in all the other ones, he both like is and will need a professionally licensed therapist. Like you go, if you go on his calls, like he is basically some, some of these people's therapists, like <laughs> it's, it's wild what he does after like most flyers games, you know, I don't think he's doing all 82, but he does most of these games and he will go on there and people are so like despondent and angry. And he's just, he just, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll lean into it, but he'll, you know, he gives his thoughts, he tell you how to think. And yeah, he, it's he does an incredible job with that just because it's so hard to like come up with this much to talk about for this team after every loss that we keep watching like fuck they've lost six games in a row and it's the third longest losing streak of the season so far which is such a sick joke like to think about the fact that they have multiple double digit winless streaks this season is just unbelievable and there's still so much hockey left. What is it now? Like 31 games? Um, NHL.com slash standings. I mean, we, we're going to talk about the trade play? deadline later. And the trade deadline is still a month away. It's a month away. Yeah. It's a month away. 51 games. So there are 31 left. That's too many. That's, That's too, too many. many fucking Flyers games. Too many fucking Flyers games. And we've seen them lose in every way. We've seen them lose close ones they should have won, like the Penguins game last week or the Capitals game. Uh, we've seen them get blown out. We've really seen the full spectrum of suck this year. Yeah, it's... It's... Yeah, they, they've they gone from giving us hope to frustration to anger to apathy and, like, the hope part's pretty much gone, but it feels like we've just gone 
in a loop around the other three a couple different times now. And we're back, you know, I feel like right now, I don't know if I'd say apathy, but we're uh, maybe frustration because, again, like they're playing okay. They're just losing now. But again, you know, long term, it's fine. Losing games right now is fine. Teams, you know, teams not making the playoffs, giving some more ping pong balls. I'm, I'm okay with it. But oh, yeah, I'm all yeah, aboard the tank train. Like I'm the conductor of the tank train right now. Mm-hmm. We felt the whole range of emotions. Um, you just the the biggest drawback, of course, being that we have to watch the life drain out of Claude Drew's eyes and his body every single night as he continues to forge it out with this team waiting for a trade. Well, and to jump into the trade stuff, I mean, we've got a little under a month until the trade deadline. And Claude Giroux is, of course, I think the biggest trade topic in the entire NHL at this point. Yeah, uh, Dom Loose Chicken at The Athletic. I, I, I think I pronounced his name right the first time and then went back to do the funny pronunciation. Um, in his uh, like trade deadline primer, he basically said Claude Giroux is probably the best player available. And um, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, obviously, the no not move to be biased, but I think that has to be right. He's no, a phenomenal no move player. clause complicates things a bit. There, are, I mean, there are a few good players like Tomas Hurdle is, I think, the other one that gets mentioned there, and he's really good. Um, there are a couple defensemen that are like solid, but and yeah, he's probably the best player out there right now. And I mean, again, the the no move clause complicates things a bit, but he, um, but yeah, I mean, he should get a good return and um i don't know how good it'll be like a rent a 34 year old rental who is really really good but not like at this point in his career not gonna you know change single-handedly change a franchise or be the best player on your team he'll they'll they should get a good return for him it'll be interesting to see how much i know charlie took a look i think it was this past weekend at possible returns there ranging from um you know, it, it could be like the Taylor Hall return, which is like a second and a mediocre player. And I'm trying to remember who was on the higher end of it. But like it, the Flyers should hopefully expect like a first round pick and a decent prospect. And that, you know, nothing is going to feel like it's enough for losing the guy who is go- will leave Philadelphia as a top five player in franchise history. Nothing will feel like enough, but it's going to happen. It's probably going to happen. I've accepted it. I think everybody should put themselves in the mental state to accept it. It's going to happen. I'd be very shocked if it didn't happen. And I think it's the wrong move for this team to not move forward. I really have accepted mentally that Claude Giroux needs to move on for both this franchise and his own sake. Yeah, I mean, and so in in the name of, you know, playing counter argument here, um, Matt Conte at our site wrote a really good piece uh, earlier this week. It went up on Monday. Um, on broadstreethockey.com, Failing Flyers website, that uh, basically asked the question, what if Claude Drew doesn't want to be traded? And, you know, I, I don't know for sure that this, or, you know, you look at how he, you know, how his face looks during these games, and you think, yeah, of course he wants to get traded. He, he, You look at what he's gone through for the last decade, and you say, yeah, of course he wants to get the fuck out of here. He wants to win a cup. But, you know, it was, a, it was an interesting just, like, thought experiment in that he's lived in, philadelphia since he was what 20 years old his wife and his two he has his wife and two kids here like he clearly loves it here he he said last year like anytime you can spend your whole career with a team um that's really appealing um at the same time at this point there's enough talk about it that you have to think he's you know very much willing to entertain the idea so like would i be totally floored 
if he remained, I wouldn't say totally floored because as um as we've sort of discussed here, the Flyers have basically said we expect to be good next year, and I still don't know how that happens without Claude Giroux, and we don't think he's going to get traded and then come back in the offseason. Just not really a thing that happens. But would I be completely floored if he stays? No, but he's probably going to get traded. Like he, I think he knows. You look at him, I think he knows. He's He's seen this team try to put a good team around him enough times and knows that it um, knows it probably ain't gonna happen. I just feel like it's time. I feel like it's time in so many ways. Like, I Claude is an all-time flyer. He is a franchise player for sure. I just feel like this team's been talking about getting a new identity for so long, and it's pretty much as long as Claude Giroux's been captain. It's no offense to Claude Giroux, but he's really the last remnant at this point of those flyers for. A decade ago. And I think it's time to move on for both the franchise and for him. I really do. And I'm not happy about it. And I do want him to hold on for his thousandth NHL game, which is currently projected for the St. Patrick's Day game against the Nashville Predators. So that should be a drunken good time. Mr. And fight Namens. Oh, the fight Namens. There you go. I actually paid the other night because I did a bet against the Flyers and against the Predators, and the Predators wow. beat the the Panthers, so my anti-Aemon bet did not work out. <laughs> the fuck you, Eamon Smith bet. <laughs> the fuck you, Eamon Smith bet. Damn you for taking an internship with an NHL team. A good opportunity. <laughs> what a jerk. What a jerk. Eamon Smith, noted jerk. I no, I think that's Joe Yurt. He's going to be so sad jerk. when he listens to this. He is. Hi, Eamon. But, I, I look, I failed on that bet because... I turned against Eamon, and that was just the wrong move. But regardless, that is... the consequences of my own actions. Yes, exactly. But that's when it's projected to be Claude Giroux's thousandth NHL game, which is just before the trade deadline. So Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff has to go right to really hit that milestone. And you could argue that it's a little risky to not trade him until that point, but at the same time... Chuck Fletcher is very much a player's GM, and I'm sure the team really wants, just from a PR standpoint, and also just from a respecting Claude Giroux standpoint, to to celebrate him that night appropriately. And I, I as a fan, would very much like to see him Mm -hmm. get that thousandth game as a flyer. Yeah, and also, you know, the deadline spur action is the name of the, you know, that's the saying, and the closer you get to that, maybe the more likely some team will bump its pickup around or give you like that next year prospect that they didn't want to before. I'm fine waiting. If some team blows you away before then, yeah, you got to do it. But I'm generally speaking, fine waiting, even independent of the thousandth game stuff that just get adds an extra reason to do it. But generally speaking, yeah, I, I think, I think he'll probably get dealt very close to the deadline. Yeah, like, I think probably, so. and- probably the day off, probably the day of, yeah. Well, that's you, when these you, deals you tend get, to you go down. Get, yeah, and it's tough. You know, the no movement clause complicates things. Um, if he says like, "Hey, I only want to go to Team X," it's going to be harder. Um, but if he's willing to take a deal to any one of a few teams, then maybe you know, then maybe you can bid him up against one another. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's going to be an interesting deadline. It's going to be an interesting month or so. Until then, the rumor when, when, mill's really going to be going, but. There when Claude couple... gets traded, do you think he's going to tweet out the RIP Bozo guy like Joel Embiid did directed towards the Flyers? 
Oh my god, he will not. But it would be amazing. <laughs> and geez, the fact that Joel got a picture with that guy. It's so incredible. Everything about the story. Him tweeting the picture and then the next day saying, I saw a pic I saw the picture on the internet and thought he was well dressed. What what a shithead. So Just amazing media I shade. I love him like, so much. Nobody plays the media shade game like Joel and B. JoJo is just a a master of his craft. With him at the fucking All Star game, the guy showed up there. Amazing. I thought, and just like I love him so much. I love him so much. He is just such a great Philly athlete. I don't care what your feelings on basketball are. You have to love Joel Embiid because the Mm -hmm. guy. He shows up when the fans boo him. He plays better. He does everything well. He's one of the toughest guys in the city, and he talks shit better than any athlete I think I've ever seen in Philadelphia. Truly, truly one of a kind in in terms of the all around package of personality, talent, you know, unique, you know, unique ability. He's he is remarkable, and he's good at Twitter, which is maybe why he's so appealing to all of us. Yeah, he just talks shit like nobody's business. I thought he was well dressed. Is so good. It's <laughs> I so saw the good. picture and I thought he was well dressed. <laughs> <laughs> and like the best part is, like you know, he's full of shit. He knows oh, he's of full course. of shit. And we all you just agree the video that this where is just he funny. The question about it, and he like can barely keep together. He's like, yeah, you know, I thought he was well dressed. <laughs> I thought he was well dressed. <laughs> like it's it's so good. It's so damn good, oh, man. I love that. That team is the total antithesis of the Flyers right now, where they just made a trade that, you know, isn't popular nationally, but in this market is very popular. We're all excited for James Harden to start up. The beard is going to be there. And, you know, our beard played three games and was did, did well in those. And then he just fell off the face of the planet. But James Harden. Hopefully, does not play just three games. I'm going to knock oh, on yeah, one. That, were, that, that was great beard Forget discourse that. on the flight fuck i forgot sack uh, the sack flunch bunch sack flunch bunch great yes. beard discussion on that show I, thank you thank you that was a good mm. time i enjoyed taking the calls i enjoyed taking the beard discussion that was uh that was probably the highlight is the beard discussion <laughs> but like oh <laughs> it's just crazy that the sixers are going to be beating the flyers in beards the sixers are they have one of the best trash talkers and then they got rid of like the least philly athlete of all time in ben simmons I, I yeah, it's don't need to rehash it. Don't need to rehash it until they end up playing Brooklyn in the playoffs. But yeah, you know what? It, it, I'm watching the Celtics Nets game on the side right trade. now. Just a great trade. And Ben Simmons is wearing a, I think a black turtleneck and has this just ridiculous owl necklace on. Yeah, uh, you, you tweeted. Yeah, you tweeted that. I just saw that. That's I don't know why he's wearing that. I don't know either. <laughs> I, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Ever, whatever works for you, buddy. Hey, another Philly New York rivalry. I have no problem with that. Only in Brooklyn, the only place. You, well, New York, the only place you can get your bagels and your pizza. Of course, it's true. As the we only know. place. The only place. I do <laughs> like that. Uh, tangentially, you know, related to that is Danny Green, who is uh, one of the Sixers' like backup starters. Uh, mm-hmm. He was tweeting, so he has a podcast where he was just openly talking about locker room dynamics with Ben Simmons yeah. and everything. I Pretty can't even fathom a hockey guy doing this. No, it's, um, yeah, hockey players don't really talk about things. 
No. No. And Danny Green's just openly talking about, like, uh, Seth Curry and Drummond maybe not liking Ben Simmons that much and everything. So great, great content for all the blogs out there. And our dear friend, friend of the show, Mike Missanelli, loves the Flyers, loves Flyers fans, was talking some smack about this and everything. And, you know, there's some back and forth with another guy and blah, blah, blah. And then... Danny Green came in and retweeted a Mikey Miss tweet and said, uh, like, I'll, I gotta pull it up. It was something like, I didn't see you in the locker room or something like that. Just waiting for my Mike Miss and, It's always up. impressive Mike Miss and Ellie is able to read anything on Twitter.com because he, or because he's able to do this while he is cleaning up the ton of coffee that he spilled on himself that one time. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, okay. Mikey Miss. <laughs> was replying to Harrison Sanford and said, dude, I don't even know who you are, but your buddy Danny, like most people in that locker room, enabled Ben's flaws, and now he gonna be outspoken? Okay. And then Danny Green retweeted that and said, that's funny, I've never seen you in our locker room before. That's a pretty good dunk from pretty Danny much. Green right pretty there. Much. And I I know Doc was... Danny Green's won a lot. He's been on teams that won. He knows, he's, he's seen this stuff. <laughs> It's true. It's true. And then Doc was throwing some shade at him. I think he had, oh no, 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 he was throwing shade at Howard Eskin, another friend of the show. Naturally. And I actually got this confused in my notes here because I mentioned the coffee cup incident, which was one of the top replies to that Danny Green tweet was the picture of Mike Missinelli spilling Starbucks coffee down his, down Just into his an lap. incredible moment. If you haven't found this, just search. Let me. I don't know what. Probably search on Twitter. Mikey if you search Miss on Twitter coffee, for Missinelli Coffee, it's gonna come. Or just pretty Google easy. it. You'll find it. Um, the dude is puts the coffee cup to his lips, misses, and the coffee is probably pouring for a solid two to three seconds before he notices that it's not going in his mouth. Oh <laughs> yeah, looks, it's a. And then he looks down. He's like, three oh, seconds. fuck is on my shirt. Like half the cup probably spills out in the time it takes him to realize that. There's and then there's a there's a gif of it just looping continuously, which is very satisfying. It's pretty it's aesthetically pleasing. It's very aesthetically pleasing. But so we've taken our detour to Danny Greenland. We talked about the Sixers a bunch. Let's loop back around to the Flyers. Okay, we got to talk about the Flyers a little bit more. And just a little. Claude Giroux is likely going. I think we've all accepted this. He's the best trade target the Flyers really have but there's some other guys that I think are kind of no-brainers and one of the guys that seems to have been picking up steam lately is Justin Braun yeah um I haven't seen has if there's been if there have been new rumors on Braun I on <laughs> cards on the table here I've not seen them but logically maybe it I'm makes just sense. like making that up maybe it's just in my mind because I, I mean, think Justin Braun 30, should be traded like any day he's now. like a 34 35 year old defenseman on an expiring contract that um and he's a right-handed, defensively reliable defenseman. Like dudes like that get you stuff for, in trades, as we know, because the Flyers gave up a two and a three to get Justin Braun. Like they would absolutely get stuff for Justin Braun if they um if they tried to sell him. Like I don't think it would. I don't think it'd be like an incredible return, but you could get something solid for him. And you know, you, it it makes some sense unless you're really terrified of calling up a play prospect which would be a bad sign if i could get yeah, that two you, you got to back you got static yeah i would i would not have any issue with or not only would not have an issue i'd have more of an issue if they didn't honestly 
Well, I think there are certain guys that you have to trade. We discussed this a few weeks ago, and I think this is even more apparent now. I feel like half the defense has to be traded. Yeah, bronze that we'll get to Risto in a second. Yandel, if you can get literally anything for him, do it. I would um, take the bag of bucks you got for Eric Gustafson. Provorov and Sandheim are complicated. I would not, you know, deal them sight unseen in the right, um, you know, with the right return. Anyone's obtainable. And as they were talking about on yesterday's BSH radio, Provorov might make more sense because he's the guy you look that like other teams may have a higher opinion of than you do. Um, whereas Sandheim, I think, you know, I, I doubt teams are looking at him and saying like, oh, there's, I, I doubt teams are overrating him to the degree that you'd expect or that, you know, you could expect to get, get something good in a trade. But yeah, uh, Risto's the tricky one, as we know, because the, the consensus out there and apologies for not crediting any one report here is that seems to be that. The Flyers want to bring Rusto back, which we knew they would. It basi- Fletcher basically said we'd like to bring him back. He basically said that at the time they traded for him. And back in January, they in- they insinuated they wanted to bring him back. But it take you know, and it sounds like they've offered him a decent amount of money already. And obviously, you know, if that was enough, you'd think the deal would have happened by now. But a lot goes into that. Risto himself, as it's been pointed out, Risto himself has never been to the playoffs and like, He's he's if he stays with the Flyers this year, he's not going to go to the playoffs and he has to be convinced that this team can turn it around quickly. And like he has no loyalty to this group. He has no inherent reason to believe that this team is going to quickly turn it around next year. So he very well might say like, yeah, guys, unless you're paying me like some truly obscene amount of money, I ain't staying here. And right, like Claude Giroux has been here him. a decade. Claude Giroux yeah. has had this franchise stand by him when he grabbed a cop's butt. Like Risto's <laughs> been here for a couple months. Yeah, May- like maybe Chuck Fletcher will give him that truly obscene amount of money because, as we know, Fletcher's liked him for a long time. But like, you kind of hope that Risto is going to save the Flyers from themselves here, especially because, as we know, you can get stuff for that dude. Yeah, like let's get all the stuff. Like this is a two-year tank plan, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and as we somewhat glibly said, if you want to tank, you could do a lot, as we've seen, you could do a lot worse than giving Rasmus first line and top pair of minutes, but I don't want to tank for that long. Yeah, uh, trade him, please. Not much else to say there. Again, you you can surely recoup a first, you can almost surely, I shouldn't say surely, who knows, but it seems very likely you'd be able to recoup a first round pick if you deal him maybe more, who knows, and uh, yeah, you know, he's a big right-handed shot defenseman who can qu- play quote-unquote playoff hockey. Who knows? Like, you can get stuff for him. Oh, sure. You can absolutely get stuff for him. He's going to be a hot commodity. Maybe not with every GM, because certainly some of the more stat-heavy GMs are going to realize that this is not the guy that I want. And <sighs> what a frustrating player. And you're right. I, I hadn't actually thought about it. He has never played in the playoffs. I had not considered that. He's before never this moment. been on a team that was above 500. Not just like as many wins as losses. Hockey 500. He has never been on a team that finished a season above 500. Oh, wow. And if he stays with the Flyers, he sure is fucking going to this year. <laughs> I mean, he might in a couple years, but this is a team that just is not that good right now. And they ain't getting any better, and they really should sell everything for what they they can. And this is the tough question, because we have, what, 
a month and a half to two months of hockey left? Almost two whole, or more than two months. It's the last week of April is the week the regular season ends. Oh, that's rough. But like, what is there to root for at this point? Because so, it really that I think is the toughest part for most Flyers fans. Why would I even tune in? I'm sure this is tough for Flyers marketing right now, right? Like, uh, that's got to be a nightmare job right now, just trying to think of how do I market this team that had very high expectations and has, what, 15 wins? Yeah, yeah, that's right. 15 wins in 51 games. That's bad. That that's is, I, bad. I, I looked it up. I did the math. That's bad. And, like, the stuff mm-hmm. to root for, like, Jerry Mayhew's a great story, but, like, what's Jerry Mayhew? Winner 29? Gerald. He's, I think that's right. I believe he is 29 years old. Gerald of Phila is... 29 years old. He is not exactly a spring chicken there. It's fun to root for, but this is not a cornerstone moving forward. Absolutely not. And then, like, Isaac Ratcliffe has been a pretty good story this year, and he's a guy who's been struggling to even get to this point. So to see him have any impact at the NHL level is kind of a minor miracle. And it's nice to see, but I also, I don't know, like... I, I'm glad that his size is translating better to the NHL, but I'm very concerned by his lack of success at the minor league levels, and I really wonder where his ceiling is at, because this was always one of Hex- Hextall's riskier picks, uh, a guy that he really, he was a bit of a reach when he went out for him, and a, a lot of like raw size and capabilities, you know, like he had a, I, I thought, I guess Hextall thought he had a very high ceiling. I don't know I don't, where the ceiling if, is right now. I don't know I if I remember no him being a reach. I do remember he traded up to, he gave up a couple extra picks to get Ratcliffe. I think like where they got him was around where he was on most boards, but they gave up, I think two extra picks to trade up early in the second and get him. And like, you know, a guy like that lar- large man who has it, who has in the past scored a lot of goals. Um, dudes like that are going to get a lot of chances. They just are. Like it's, you know, the stature that make that gives GM's pants feelings as, as they say on the flagship show. And it's cool. Like, it's cool that he's, he's very much looked to the part since he came up to the NHL. He's scored, he's helped out, you know, he's contributed offensively. He's actually, his play driving numbers are actually excellent to the point where they're not sustainable so far, but he's, he looks good. He looks like a player who knows what he's doing. Obviously eight games is far too early to say Yes, we should ignore the fact that he did not look like a very good player through two however many AHL seasons it was. But it's enough that you, you know, you have no reason not to give him significantly more time at the NHL level this year and see if, you know, these eight games can turn into, you know, 30 good games. And then you give him a real and if they do, you give him a realistic chance to make the team next year. And like, that would be cool. We haven't there have been so few true obvious success stories with this team in you know in prospects and development in the last however many years if you can get one here or if it even looks like you might you take it and run right take it and run and i'll take it anywhere i can get it right now and one of the frustrating things i think with this team is that you're not seeing as much of the young guys you really want to Part of that is the way they've played when they've been up here, or maybe lack of opportunities due to some of the vets getting healthy and such. But ultimately, I want to see Isaac Ratcliffe, I want to see Cam York, and I want to see Morgan Frost. I want to see these guys that you had the expectations for actually playing at the NHL level. And I totally understand why some of these guys aren't right now. But 
at the same time, it is frustrating. I want to see them in there. I want to see what they can do. And if they suck, guess what? I want to see them ditch them. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you don't want these guys to get the life beaten out of them in a setting where they keep losing. But you like to think that the last half season, you know, like the last 30 games of a season at most, like they know what they're getting into. And that's not going to, you know, irrevocably alter things for them in a way that they're going to regret. Yeah. I mean, what's the harm? There was some good insights. Again, they talked about this on the main show, and um, it was in Charlie's article with Flyers AGM Brent Flair that went up on The Athletic earlier today. They talked about Cam York, and I'll paraphrase here. They actually, The reason he hadn't been called up yet was that they thought that he essentially may have been playing a little too safe when he came to the NHL, and that's not what they want Cam York to do. So, you know, credit to them for understanding that and saying, like, you know, let the guy or, you know, they say we want to let players make mistakes. But if they're not willing to do that, then, like, we got to make sure they have the confidence to be willing to do that and that things won't go sideways as soon as they get to the NHL and inevitably make a mistake. Yeah, it, it seems likely he will be up again before too long, um, especially once one or more defensemen get traded, but um, yeah, you oh, want to sure. see him get their chances. And then, you know, he looked, he's looked the part of an NHL defenseman. Now we just got to find out how good. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just, I think that's one of the things from the, the fan perspective that's, you know, it sucks in the short term and you struggle with tuning into this team when you see Nick Sealer in there instead of a Cam York, because you want to talk about a guy with a very low ceiling that, it's not really going anywhere. And this is not the dunk on Nick Sealer, who is fine for what he is. But Cam York and Nick Sealer are on very different planes. Yeah. And then you've got Igor, who is, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, they're they're still, I think, waiting for him to, you know, they're still clearly still waiting for some things on from him. Um, he hasn't, uh, you know, hasn't really got a chance up here yet. You hope that he will before the end of the year. They're they're clearly still looking for some things from him down in the minors, it appears. But you you know, and and it gets into the age old question: Do you give a guy a chance just for the sake of it, or do you not do it until you feel pretty good about where he is? Well, that's been the question we have been dealing with for at least six or seven years of Flyers hockey at this point. Yep, yep. Ron, you know, it was a question you knew where Ron Hextall stood at it, whereas the you know Fletcher seems to be a little more um, flexible on it depending on the guy the skill set the the situation but well that was one of Fletcher's first big splashes as GM was calling up Carter Hart and having Carter Hart play here because that was one of the big things that Ron Hextall was criticized for I mean the the team went through goaltenders like I don't even know what a good comparison is like a sleeve of a sleeve of there's literally no comparison for what the Flyers did that season because no NHL team has ever done it. (laughs) Send presidents. I love it. My God. But like, what, what else is there to really look forward to for the rest of the season? I mean, one of the minor storylines that I've enjoyed in recent weeks is I feel like Oscar Lindblom has been having a little bit of a bounce back. And I like seeing that he's been scoring some goals. I, I feel like he's been getting better minutes and I like seeing that. He's definitely playing better. Like, I mean, he's, he's, I think been decent since, um, at least like since the like Christmas break, I know he, he I think he's had a pretty good run of play there he's been scoring in a decent clip. He's got a few goals up on the board. 
Um, he's probably not quite where he was pre-cancer diagnosis, but he definitely looks like an NHL player. Whereas there were parts like there were in the early part of the season, people were like, I don't know if he's ever going to get back to that. And it seems like he is. The ceiling may not be as high, but he, um, but yeah, he's, you know, doing the things that made him a good player, you know, finding the, you know, tough areas of the net of the ice. Um, yeah, he can, if he can play like that's obviously, you know, an unequivocally good thing. Yeah, it's it's tough to think of much else, especially because everyone who you want to root for and like who you could feasibly see being or so many of the guys you could feasibly see being a part of the next good Flyers team are hurt. You know, obviously Kateri is not coming back. Farabee uh, will be back Saturday, but he has missed a bit of time. Ellis probably ain't coming back. Um, Hayes is out, though it's not, they sound optimistic about him coming back at some point this year. Oh, keep him out. I, I saw that earlier yeah. about Hayes maybe coming back soon. And like, no, keep Hayes and keep Ellis out for the rest of the season. So Fix like, whatever is wrong with these guys so they can come back strong. With Yeah, I guess it depends on the guy and the injury, too. Like, if they if they think that getting back in game action will help, which like when it comes to core injuries, like the one Hayes had and like the one it has and like the ones Giroux and Gostas Bear and Simmons had, like it may take them time to get back from that. And they may, you may just want to get them, you know, get them on the ice, but it also just sucks that the flyers don't deserve the benefit of the doubt with this stuff when it comes to injuries, because, and I can't think of a better example here than um, Derek Broussard now three times in a row returning from injury playing precisely one game and then missing it multiple weeks again (sighs) how has this happened three consecutive times like his (laughs) i I started talking about this and i forgot that we talked about this the last time uh, i i came on the show because his game log uh he played on 11 23 played three minutes and then left the game with an injury he came back two weeks later on 12 8 21 played a game he then missed four weeks and came back on 1 6 2022 he then missed five weeks and came back on 2 9 2022 so this, that was the f- i think the first game back from the um post all-star break and he's not played since how does this keep happening can happen to ryan ellis too ryan ellis came back played the one game and it seems like it, things got worse for him i don't remember if hayes had a Identical situation, but it, you know, obviously Hayes he and came Ellis back from injury back and then got in the hurt same again. Dallas Stars road game. My God, how does like which was the back to back with the Carolina Hurricanes road game? Because I think it was a Friday night. Yeah, yeah, and a Saturday, they didn't play that first. Which I, I thought was such an game. insane scheduled thing where it's like, yeah, let's do two back to back away games, one on the Southern East Coast and the other one Southern Central. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, so all roundabout way of saying like we don't like they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt when it comes to injury stuff like this, which makes, you know, hoping that any of these guys will come back a tricky, complicated exercise. But yeah, it's it's hard because, you know, you you want to root for those guys too. like I want to see if Ryan Ellis can be a good player for this team, but seems unlikely that's going to happen. You want to see Kevin Hayes get back on the ice and join himself. Probably not going to happen. We've talked about Claude. Uh, you want to see him, but you also hate seeing him this sad. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Like there's so little to act. And that's, that's what part of what makes this all so tough. Like there are so few guys that you look at on this team right now and feel confident that they will be a part of the next good flyers team. Like probably Carter Hart, you know, he's what a T three 
and he, you know, should be around for a while. Maybe Joe Farabee because he's 21 and is already a good NHL player. Yeah, I um, would think Farabee. But I, I how many guys? And, and obviously, he's also, a he's not cornerstone for me moving forward. Not a cornerstone, but a key piece. But how many guys that are here? Are, it's everything combined just sucks to think about. Because again, how many guys that are here do you think like? will be on the next good Flyers team. How many guys in the prospect ranks that are not with the NHL team right now do you feel confident will be on the next good Flyers team? It's, um, the crazy I forgot about Wade is... Allison. When we were talking about guys who played one game and then got in, hurt again, I forgot about Wade Allison. Oh my God. This fucking season. Oh my God. The season is just, um, it's a nightmare. But as far as guys that I feel confident on, like if you had asked me even like a month and a half ago or two months ago, I would have said Ivan Provorov, no doubt about it. And now I have serious doubts about Ivan Provorov being part of the next good Flyers team. Yeah, I mean, I, like like we talked about, he he may have surplus trade value, so you deal him. I feel like maybe he's just we overreact to his bad stretches because not... when he has bad stretches, he looks bad. And he has been bad lately. No he's doubt been real that. bad lately. Yeah. Um, it's tough yeah. to watch because... I remember when Provorov first came up, we were, this was a revelation to us. This is like, oh my God, the Flyers drafted a number one defenseman. Holy shit. And a Russian defenseman, which I don't want to tie that into anything else, but the Flyers history with drafting Russian players, they just didn't do it. No. And then they went and got the fucking germ who also stinks. The Good effect. Yeah. It's hard being us. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what makes it hard. Like, you know, Travis Konechny a year or two ago, you'd have thought he'd for sure be, you know, here a long time. I wrote, I wrote about him last weekend on the site. And I still, I think Travis Konechny is better than a lot of the fan base gives him credit for right now. TK's a that, fascinating one to me. He is currently yeah. third on the team in points. He's got 31 points. He leads the team in assists. He's got 23 assists. He's actually got one more assist than Claude Giroux. And, I, I don't even know what to make of him. So I, I actually think Travis Konechny is not that complicated. Um, I, I'd encourage anyone to read the piece if you haven't. I'm, I'm biased in the matter. But I, I think read. it basically comes down to Travis Konechny is a good player who should never be the best player on the ice for his team in a given time. Like when he when when he's next to Drew and Couturier and they're clicking, they are terrifying. Whenever he's the best player on a line, it doesn't go well. And like he, he has consistently produced points even at five on five where it's, you know, harder to score. Like the, you look at the guys who've produced more than him and more and more consistently than him over the last five years, it ain't a long list. And yet, you know, you look at the two seasons where he's been at his best, which were the second half of the 2017, 18 season where we, where he was with, where they moved him with Giroux and Couturier. And they took off for half a season, and then fucking Dave Haxtell took him off of that line. But right before the playoffs started, I, I, I... and then 2019-20, <laughs> where he was awesome start to finish. Other like those were his two best seasons, and those were also the Flyers' two best seasons. So you could reasonably argue cause and effect in either direction here. Like the Flyers were good because Travis Konechny was good, or Travis Konechny was good because the Flyers around him were good. But you look at you know. You look at who he was with those years. 2017-18 was Claude Giroux's true resurgence. 2019-20, the Flyers actually had a defense top to bottom that was good and could get him the puck. And I also noticed that in general, 
he was taking more dangerous shots as measured by expected goals, average expected goals per shot. He was taking more dangerous shots in those first three years, not including his rookie year, the three years after that, more so than he was in this and last season, which, and it almost makes me wonder, like, does he look at the situation here, especially when he doesn't have a Giroux or a Couturier to lean on? He's supposed to be the dude on a line. Does he look at the situation and think like, fuck, I got to do this myself. And he starts firing away and isn't quite like the dangerous guy that we know he can be. It's a theory, but it's one that I, I'm, I'm think I'm wondering if there's something to it. And it's nonetheless a roundabout way of saying, I think TK is a good player. And that's not to say he isn't without flaws. And it's not to say he should be untouchable. Like if you think you can deal him for another good player, obviously depending on who that is, you listen. But if you're convinced that you're going to be good next year, which the Flyers front office seems to think they are, whether they should or not, it's a separate but ultimately irrelevant position here. If you think you're going to be a good team next year, you don't want to lose that guy without bringing back something better because he has shown he flourishes when in a good setting and he does not when he is not. Like He isn't keeping you afloat, but if you're already afloat, he's going to make you go faster. Huh. Yeah, that's something that I, I don't think I ever quite thought of it that way but it makes perfect sense to me yeah he's yeah he's good and like i get why we we saw the high water mark with him and we wanted that to be what he truly is and it just might not be and we have to and if we can accept that then everything else becomes a little easier i laugh but, because accepting things is i think what flyers fans do the worst <laughs> oh dear we're just very bad at accepting things. We, we've yeah. been bad at accepting that Ivan Provorov is and a number one defenseman. Uh, yeah. just, it's so, never... so here was, here it's was either the question like I... you have trouble accepting it or that guy's dead to me. He was always a bum. He's a piece of shit. I hated him. I hope he dies. Here's the question that we were talking about before we, we jumped on here. And, and, and um, I think in terms of what we've got left through for the season, there's not much. But piggybacking off of... The Flyers think they're going to be good next year. Whether they're right or wrong ultimately might be irrelevant because it seems clear they think they can do it. Other than John Hockey, who do you think the Flyers would go after this offseason in their efforts to be good? That isn't currently like an NHLer that they could go out and get that would make sense, for, that like fits for them, that they have the pe- whether the pieces of the salary cap room to get that would make some sense for them other than John hockey. And let's say other than Claude Giroux, assuming he is not going to resign here. That's an interesting one because I haven't Mm -hmm. quite checked out the free agents too much for next season. Mm -hmm. I've checked it out. I'm looking at it right now. It's not an incredible list. I mean, you feel like the ad, I mean, I mean, they need help up front and on on the back end. Who are we kidding? Oh God. Um, Malkin, Malkin and Kessel. (laughs) <laughs> I looked this up. I, I think the one thing I noticed that was like half the Penguins from the last like six years where yeah, Malkin and Latang both signed those contracts at the same time. I remember I mean, I, part of me re- really loved just like a good fuck you contract right there. Like just to dunk on Penguins fans mm-hmm. like it, I it would be stupid. The Yager but... year was so fun. Let's do that again. Oh, my God. <laughs> just total heel turn. Sign Malkin. Sign Latang. Just um. There were rumors. I feel like I remember rumors, and I don't think they were very heavily sourced that uh, that the Flames may be out on Matthew Kachuk this summer. 
um, obviously that would take a haul to get. And I don't know if the Flyers have the pieces for it, but if you but if you can find a way to make that work, I'd be interested. That would be a very, very popular move for Flyers fans because that is the kind of guy. He's got something for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, He's absolutely. just a really fucking like, good hockey player. You know, when we talked about flyerish non-flyers, that's a guy who comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. He's got that attitude. He can score goals. Like, he does it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of time to think about what the Flyers should do this offseason. I don't know, though, because I feel like they need to address so many areas. And I also want to see them get some high-end young talent to come up. It's, there's just a lot of places they need to address. And, you know, coming into this season, the difficulty was we thought they had addressed at least a few of those areas. And maybe they could have figured out what kind of team they were and made appropriate trades to to fill it in and then maybe compete a little bit and it's just been a dumpster fire yep and you know that's everything you just described is why you know i think a lot of fans may not be thrilled that they're going to um that they've decided no we can do this we just need you know another good off season we need guys to stay healthy yeah they got a got a big headwind they're working against and um I don't envy Chuck Fletcher's job, but if, you know, if he'd done a better job of it in the last two off seasons, wouldn't be in this situation. Oh, well, got to do a better job. Got to, got to put my players in position to make plays. Just sign Claude Giroux. He's going to be an interesting free agent. Tomas Hurdle, Evgeny Malkin, Johnny Gaudreau, Patrice Bergeron. They can sign all these guys because there is no Yeah, I don't see cap. why not. I don't see why not. If Comcast... Fake. Would just there's one thing I learned goddamn money on this team. Okay. Stop being cheap and spend some goddamn money above the salary cap, which you can totally do Comcast. Then the flyers would win, but Comcast is just too cheap. So I'll hang up and listen, Angelo. There's one thing I learned from the Paul Holmgren years. It's that the salary cap isn't real. And there's no way that that mentality helped get us into the situation we're in right now. No, no, that's that's not how this works. No, back then the Flyers wanted to win. And the fact that back then there wasn't a salary cap is just a fucking coincidence, okay? Anyway. Sigh. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm looking over some of the UFAs right now. I, I just think there's too much to really – address right now and i kind of would love to just see them take another year to tank uh the only one of the interesting names out there is philip forsberg who i've seen conflicting reports on if he's actually available right now or not he's good he is a good hockey player i don't know yeah i mean he i'd like to see them go young no matter what they do i want to see them go young and not really sign any older free agents or, or guys on the wrong side of 30, because I really think this team needs to get younger, faster, and more skilled. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why Philip Forsberg will come here unless you offered him a dump truck full of money, which um, the Flyers don't have. They just don't have that available. Thanks, Comcast. I don't know. Yeah. They, they they could spend more than the cap if they wanted. They just don't want to win enough. They just don't want to win. They don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm sad now. Should we talk about Guy Fieri? Let's talk about Guy Fieri, Guy <laughs> Fieri, however the hell you want to say it. This dude has been everywhere lately, and 
As you may be aware, as longtime listeners of Flyperbole, if you're newer listeners, welcome. What are you doing here? But <laughs> how did you end up here? How did you? How did I you get may, here? You may have made a wrong turn somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but Guy Fieri is a guy we've talked about a bunch. And it's funny because I'm not even like necessarily the biggest Guy Fieri fan, but I decided to rank something on a donkey sauce to flavor town scale one day. And here we are. <laughs> but like. Guys, more places than ever before, all of a sudden. Like, he was all over the Super Bowl. He was in that commercial. He showed up at the Super Bowl wearing the same thing he was wearing in the commercial, as Brian Grubb pointed out on Twitter. What a legend. He took a picture with Martha Stewart. Yeah, yeah, just, just, Twitter's mom and dad. Twitter's mom and dad. It's true. It's true. It's a good thing. But and he was at the NBA All Star Game schmoozing it up. It's, I mean, the guy, literally, the guy man is truly living the dream. Gets paid. Gets paid to just eat a bunch of food. Um, and you know, a good dude by all accounts. It seems like you know raised a ton of money for out of work restaurant workers during the pandemic. Um, he you know just walks around with frosted tips and eats food and <laughs> and like those those 90s sunglasses like the ones that are like really tight on your face and just barely go up around the eyes like the you know the ones i'm talking about like yeah. the 90s oh, yeah. he wears them backwards on his head when he's not wearing them like actively on his eyes like it's all stuff he wears flame shirts like it's all stuff that should be super douchey but it works for some reason I don't know how. But I don't know how either. And I guess it's because he's a good guy who genuinely loves what he does. Like, you can tell that he loves food. He just fucking loves food. Who among us? See, he's, and I, he's relatable. He's living I, my dream. I, I love like, food. Like, I, I would be just love, like him. <laughs> I would love his job. I, I If somebody wanted to pay me to just travel around and eat greasy food and go, it's good. And like, I didn't make this jalapenos. Like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> what more could you want? It's amazing. So this all kind of culminated, guys. Big week, all or a couple weeks here. It really culminated for me, at least, when Kevin Christman, who is a longtime BSH Flyers faithful friend, and uh, we'll call him a friend of the show. Why not? Uh, Kevin, great guy, uh, sent a TikTok video over that <laughs> this guy forced a bot to watch over 1,000 hours of drivers... Di- Why did I say drivers? Diners, drive-ins, and dives. I actually wrote this as drivers, drive-ins, and divers, which is a whole other show. <laughs> so this guy forced a bot Steph to watch over 1,000... Steph drivers, drive-ins, and divers. There we go. So this guy forced a bot to watch over 1,000 hours of diners drive-ins and dives and asked it to write a script and this script is hilarious i retweeted this tiktok the other day so check it out if you have not seen it before some of my highlights when the bot wrote guy has three pairs of sunglasses on i think the line was something like the sun cannot defeat him or something like that and then i really enjoyed I will live as food. I am food. <laughs> and my personal favorite, I am Pie Fieri. It is my birthday. Pie Fieri. 
That is, mwah, that is a chef's kiss of a bot sentence right there. The chef starts boiling a pot of milk. He's scared. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Flavor down is near. Uh, you know, it's not even that off from an episode of the show. No, if you if you squint hard enough, you can probably... A customer sits down and eats a cup of mustard. Guy sits down without asking. It doesn't sound that far off. It's not that Listen, far-fetched. There's a lot of talk about how artificial intelligence and machine learning shit like that is going to be the end of the world. You know what? It's probably right. But every so often, you get good-ass content like this. The clams just keep getting uglier. Just do it for the tent, baby. All here for that sweet, tangy tent. Almost as tangy as... The donkey sauce you can find at your local Guy Fieri restaurant. <laughs> Guy's barbecue sauce. You know, I tried it, and it was pretty okay. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> I'm Guy Fieri. I know how it's on in the background. I'm Guy Fieri, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that's right, man. man. I know that's right. And, you know, the Super Bowl was pretty good this year. And Solid Super Bowl. It's no 41 to 33, but solid Super Bowl. Yeah, it, well, and we're about to get to that, which is fa- fantastic, let me tell you. Uh, I, I'm not one of those guys who necessarily watches it for the commercials. Like, I will enjoy uh, if there is a high-quality one, but I I kind of am disgusted by the idea of watching anything for commercials because don't we get enough commercials, folks? Am I right? Yeah, too many products and services out there. Too many products and services. That, that doesn't stop us, however... From providing quality customer service on a consistent basis. Our advertisers are great, unless they're bad. Unless they're bad, but like, I don't know. Like, at least the guy stuff was very entertaining throughout it. Indeed. But as you mentioned, Kurt, while it was a quality Super Bowl, it was certainly no forty-one to thirty-three, where you might recall, you might recall that Brandon Graham made Tom Brady fumble, and. The Eagles recovered, and Tom Brady also dropped a pass, and Nick Foles caught one for a touchdown, and the Eagles won 41-33, to and the Patriots lost the Super Bowl, and the Eagles won it. And then Tom Brady sat, sat on the field and did not shake Nick Foles' hand. He was bereft on the turf. Just bereft. As, and, as, that, as the one of the Australian uh, play-by-play crew said. Is that what he said? I've never heard that before. Oh, you haven't seen that? Ah. Oh. Just it looked. It, there was, I think, a supercut of all of like you know met all the different broadcasts like around the not all of them probably, but many different broadcasts around the world like TV and radio broadcasts of um of like different moments in the Super Bowl and one was the fumble and the Australian broadcasters as he was sitting there said Tom Brady bereft on the teth. Um, <laughs> Imagine a better Australian accent than that, and that's what it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, Steph is going to fire you for that Australian accent. Yeah, yeah, I, I always forget she's Australian. Um, but yeah, uh, let me. Bereft see. on the turf. That's fantastic. I love that. I can't believe I'm, I ever heard gonna, that before. I'm gonna I'm gonna send this to you. Um, I don't know if you can. I'm so excited for that. But you know what I wanted to mention about that Super Bowl is that. We may finally, finally be rid of the football scourge known as Tom Brady. I'm sure he will return in some new form that will be very annoying. I've already heard word about him in some sort of Paramount film about like a buddy comedy or some shit. 
it's already out there that he's like, oh, I might not actually retire, which is like, God, man, shut the fuck up. Just, I've you're seen rich. that, too. You're rich. Just go do something. Like, go go hawk a fucking NFT for all I care. Jesus like, which, Christ. I, lo- I loved the theories. I don't know. I don't think they ended up actually being what happened, though. Who knows? I loved the theories that, like, so it was reported, like, two or three days by, by Adam Schefter, two or three days before Brady officially announced his retirement that he was retiring, and, like, it got denied. And I love the theories going around that like he wanted to release like a commemorative NFT with his retirement and he's mad that that got spoiled. And like it, that seems like something he'd do. Um, that yeah, is I, maybe I the single douchiest thing I've ever heard. <sighs> yeah. 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 Like NFTs are abysmally douchey. They are just the worst thing in the play. I hate nfts so goddamn much so to have a commemorative nft for your retirement from football well that well so to be clear like well no so i I, you you are not wrong but to be clear like i don't that's not what actually happened there was like i love there were just people on twitter making jokes like oh well the reason he's denying it is because he wanted to be able to unveil his nft with his retirement kurt it sounds seems, so right that i can't seems, help but believe right? it that's the fucking problem it seems like exactly like something he would do <laughs> it like yeah yeah because he's like he is the douche lord he, he he didn't eat a tomato for 40 years right <laughs> he is just the king of douches he's king douche I will not miss him. I hope he never comes back. I would love if he just disappeared into the sun. Yeah, go go be rich. Go do whatever you want to do. I just don't want to hear about it. I'm Please sure I will. Please do not star Please. in a film for Paramount. Uh, yeah, he, he'll he'll show up in Paramount's Halo show that oh got commercials. And was that the one that had commercials in the Super Bowl? No, that was some. No, other. there was a Halo one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, he'll, he'll show up there. Th- there was a real headline I saw from the Hollywood Reporter the other day that said Tom Brady, the star in road trip comedy at Paramount. Oh dear God! Tom Brady may have that. retired from football, but that doesn't mean he's leaving it behind. In his first post-retirement move, Brady is making a blitz into Hollywood with a football-themed road trip movie titled "80 for Brady." He'll produce the film and star in it as- alongside Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno. And Sally Field. Steve, did we just drop into like a an impromptu? Please tell me we just dropped into an impromptu Christmas movie challenge. Ooh. And that's not real. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers to produce. <laughs> Star in road no. trip comedy with Joe We're not Rogan. going there this week. Pat McAfee. <laughs> Unless we want to talk about his, his Aaron. It's not on the outline. Unless we want to talk about Aaron Rodgers eating nothing but butter for three days until he... We need to talk about this. Until he shat in Mama What What were the exact steps of... I don't, I don't remember. I was at work on Tuesday. I, I read... This was, fully was posted this. in the Slack. Much like Aaron Rodgers, see if I can find who it. digested butter until he shat and threw it up in the same it, it, It's... It, it, this guy... He went from... He went from being one of I the just so be- like most I innocuous, so betrayed like, by Aaron mildly douchey athletes. Dumbass turn. I feel so betrayed by it because like we're talking about Tom Brady. Like I was like, no, Aaron Rodgers, maybe the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. I like him more than I like Tom Brady. And then this year he has to go and be himself and do this anti-vax shit. 
and eat butter until he throws up. I just love that he's got a regular spot on the Pat McAfee show every week. And Pat McAfee's like, come on, keep getting me those ratings. Come on. Every week, Roger seems to come on and make it worse and worse and worse for himself. Yeah. Yeah. So I I found the steps of the cleanse. Okay. Okay. Step one. Three days of ghee therapy. Consume ghee until you evacuate at both ends. So that's a clarified butter, right? Yeah, yeah. Two, one day therapeutic vomiting. Oh my god. Three, one day laxative therapy. (laughs) Four, three days of herb drops and nose. Five, many days of enemas. Six, yoga and meditation throughout. Just stunning. Stunning that... I can't imagine admitting this to, like, my family and friends that I would do something like this, let alone going on, like, a nationally broadcast or a podcast that's accessible by everybody and just saying, yes, I ate butter until I evacuated both ends. Evacuated. (laughs) Evacuated at both ends. Like, that... The hair was inexcusable because oh his long God. hair is just horrible. It's just really bad. But then to just admit to evacuating at both ends and eating butter and all that shit. I, uh, Roger's really one of the great heel turns. Yeah, it it would be highly entertaining if it didn't have significant adverse real life effects. But what are you going to do? What are you going to um, do? Yeah. I can't judge as someone whose hair has grown out significantly during the pandemic. I can't judge yours looks that much. Lovely, Kurt. Though Let I don't think it you. will look. Hey, thanks. I um, think yours looks fantastic. I, I hey, think. Thanks, Steve. You um, got those locks, my man. You got those curly yeah. locks. It's great. Yeah. Rogers is just like this stringy mess. It, he looks yeah, like a hobo. It's not the right. It's not a good length on him. It's not a. And but like, he's not I don't, taking I care. I feel of like it. he said why he, he grew it out, but I don't remember what it why. I don't remember. <laughs> What it why I can't speak anymore. Um, he got a condition, my man. Yeah, he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. He didn't condition yeah. properly, and it looks like shit. And that's and that's why he. What I don't remember. Did he turn it over? That's why he only scored ten points in a divisional round game after a bye at home, and thus had to have a twelve day cleanse, of which three days were spent eating ghee until he evacuated out of both ends. Unbelievable. I can't get through without laughing. (laughs) It's going to be a weird football offseason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, when Um, Tom Brady ends up as Eagles quarterback and I take back all of these comments on him. I'll take back. I'll take back nothing. Oh, I will. I can recognize that he's the most accomplished athlete in maybe North American organized sports history. While still being like, yeah, this guy's a this guy's a total square. Um, Wait a minute. Wait, I just thought about this. Can you? He couldn't handle it here. Okay, he couldn't handle our uh, shitty we'd roast, Eagles. We'd media. roast him too much. We'd roast him too much. Can you? Hey, imagine, buddy, good to have you here. Remember when you blew it? Can you imagine his first interaction with Howard Eskin in the Eagles locker room? <laughs> I want to see it. Oh man, Tom, let me. Like Howard comes up in his fur coat, sticking a mic in his face. And then Brady just goes, I'm retiring. I'm done. <laughs> this was all a mistake. Goodbye. <laughs> this was a big mistake. <laughs> he, he just lock him in a room with Mikey Miss and Angelo 
Cataldi. coffee on you. <laughs> and Howard Eskin. And he'll retire in five minutes. He's like, oh, you're the guy who has the bad tweets. You're the guy who has the tweets with all the typos. Like, I, I don't listen to the WIP morning show ever, but it was on in my shuttle to work today. And I just heard... Howard talking about like social media stuff, or not Howard, Angelo talking about social media stuff. I'm like, oh, that's that's no. He's talking about scrubbing your social media, and I think he's talking about Russell Wilson in particular. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is no good. Yeah, R- Russell Wilson has some weird stuff out there too. But compared to some of this other, or he was the one who had who was talking about how his nano bubbles water can heal concussions. Right. Was that him? <laughs> was that, I didn't hear that. Hang on. I, I mean, like granted, that. you know, compared to the other high profile quarterbacks, the Eagles could possibly be in on this off season. That's, you know, obviously much less serious than say Deshaun Watson. But, you know, um, I hope if I've done one thing through this other sports discussion on the podcast today is reveal that as weird as we think hockey is sometimes, it maybe isn't the weirdest of the four major sports. All sport, most sports are pretty weird. And I mean, you know, they're all disappointing in their own ways. You know, baseball, of course, isn't happening because everyone's terrible. Um, football's definitely got a lot of weirdos. It seems like especially football quarterbacks are huge weirdos. Yeah. Okay. So Russell Wilson claimed he healed a concussion with the miracle water that he invests. I see. That's the real headline. Um, he he believe he said. I banged my head during the Packers game in the playoffs. The next day I was fine, said Wilson. It was the water. And he tweeted out, I believe recovery water helped prevent me from getting a concussion based on a bad hit. That sounds fake. Sounds fake, Russ. It doesn't sound real, no. Are you getting any of that recovery water? (laughs) Some water. Russ, you got any recovery water? (laughs) Something the recovery water. Oh, I think we oh, got to wrap it up. I think we got to wrap it up. They just need them to, he can come here, then they can roast him on Abbott Elementary, which is, in in my opinion, is is the new best Philadelphia, the new best Philadelphia TV show. No, no disrespect to, you know, the legends, but new, new favorite Philadelphia TV show. I've been meaning to check that out, and ve- I will definitely, very good. now that I have the Kurt seal of approval, I will be checking it out. Highly entertaining. Excellent. On, it's on Tuesday nights, I think. So, you know, usually at the same time as the Flyers. So if you want an excuse to not watch the Flyers. <laughs> I've seen it on Hulu as well. So if you yeah, yeah, it Hulu, comes out you the can next watch time. it on there. Yeah. That's Hulu, what the kids where you are can't doing. watch They're live streaming. sport. You can watch live sports that are three minutes behind real time. And also you can't watch the Flyers on there because they're regionally blacked out. <sighs> it Unless all makes so much sense. It's an ESPN Plus slash Hulu game. And then you might be able to watch it. Might. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. We're going to figure this thing out one of these days, the sports broadcasting. Eventually. <laughs> <sighs> well, folks, we've talked about quite a bit, and it's time to go. But thanks so much for listening. If you have any feedback, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Kurt at KurtBSH. Kurt, you got anything to plug for the people right now on broadstreethockey.com? Um, not much immediately in the hopper. Like I said, I wrote about Travis Konechny. I thought I put a decent amount of thought into it. Um, so that was out there from this past weekend. 
um, working on something that will get posted when Claude Giroux gets traded. But um, that obviously could be, a, you know, thinking through that a month in advance. So that's a bit longer, but obviously I that won't be anytime soon. But still thinking through, you know, what, what we'll do another month. Oh, my God. There are 31 games and two months left in the season. How, how are we going to do this? How are know. we going to do this? Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, still thinking through things. Still thinking through things. That's that's the way to go. <laughs> the Philadelphia right. Flyers, they really make you think. God, they are just, what they a make, season. Make you what think about all season. the mistakes you've made in your life. I'm, I'm telling you, I am this close to just turning this into a four for four podcast. And just <laughs> general interest. That's just what it is from now on. I mean, it's it a, basically, I mean, how much, how many, we've been on this, we've been on this for about 73 minutes. How many of those do you think we spent talking about the Flyers? More than I expected. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe like half, half the maybe show. More, That's pretty good for half. this outline. Yeah, pretty good, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, Larry David also hawking NFTs on the Super Bowl. At least his was funny. Yeah, mildly entertaining there. Yeah, but like if yeah. you actually, if you listen to commercial Larry, that's the proper advice. Ignore the NFTs, <laughs> except for of course the flyperbole NFTs. Which, you know, give me $10,000 and I'll give you something. That's, I mean, that's basically how this all works. <laughs> You'll get something. But no one can really tell you can't what, right -click but you get something. No, 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 definitely not. It's on the blockchain, which means, bullshit means it's extremely world. valuable. God, stupid, dumb bullshit world. God damn it. I'm like a freaking, I don't want to be. You can reach Steve at Flyperbole on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Este bomb or Flyperbole, but make it Flyperbole for hockey purposes. And uh, we'll see. I enjoyed doing the green room shows. I might bring a little lunchtime in every other week or something like that. That was a good time. And may, 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 have, may have some stuff going on in Flip soon. So stay tuned. We've got some stuff in the works. So we'll see. But. I got to go. I'm getting loopy. I'm getting tired. Gots to get to sleep. But thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. Stay safe out there. Be kind to each other. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 w